Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> of those three, who's the heir apparent to Peter Vermees? Those three, and we get three more years of Vermees. Benny. <laughs> Not Ilya? No. Ilya is too nice. Yep, he'd be a good assistant I, coach. I can't see Ilya going, damn it, you need to move the ball faster. No, move, you know, I can't see him doing that. Was that your Spanish accent? <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was German. It's like, for me, it's German? What? again in 2022 a new season season five of the shades of blue soccer show gentlemen how are you we got a full zoom here today what's up all of you everyone try to speak at once we'll see what happens it's a crowded house <laughs> yay <laughs> it's gonna happen you know yeah i know but see we're we're on a new level this this year we're recording on different channels it's new everything is going to be sounding good so let's start off this new season the right way. There's so much going on in the world right now, but let's. We're gonna start off the right way. We are the Blue Testament. This is the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. There are all five of us. The original crew here. I myself am Cody Bradley. Robert Russert is here, and Thad Bell is here. Our new Yay. addition of David is here, and Chad is here, and we're just gonna see what happens to start the year. There's so much to talk about. We had to get. We had to get the whole team. <laughs> so much to complain about. Oh, sir. Bob is not in the best mood. I tried to get everyone going, and, and he was like, I, I was like, there's so much to talk about. He's like, well, it's all bad. So I guess we're not yeah, going to get a nah. laugh from Robert today. I'm positive. I'm positive. And David just dropped a very depressing stat right before we begin here. But 
So yeah, we've got here, let's just run through. We've got Polito injury. We've got Gotti Kinda just had knee surgery. He should be out for a while. The super draft just happened. Report today about Graham Zussi potentially returning. Is Graham Zussi among a list of all of the names that Vermees has been recently teasing about new name, new signings coming? And Benny Felhaber is Paulo Nagamura's successor for SKC too. I love it. But let's uh, let's start off with the with the lead here, of course. Alan Polito is out for the entire season. After having a, a day to dissect it, it doesn't even feel all that different. We were without him all year last year. Where we did he even play last year? I can't remember. <laughs> he barely played, man. It's he was not noticeable. Harsh. I mean, he definitely missed a lot of time, but I feel like he, he definitely he played. He scored a handful of goals. I don't know. I mean, there were some PKs in there. How many players was he outscored by on Sporting? At least two. Uh, yeah, two, maybe three. Kyrie, did Kyrie outscore him? No, there's no way. No, <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> eight. Uh, did Polito get eight last year? Polito bagged eight. Okay. Shelton got six, maybe? David, David what was the... Eight. I'm thinking assists, I guess. <laughs> David, what Shelton? was the stat that you just dropped here before we started? Uh, we have won more playoff games with Kyrie Shelton than we have with Alan Polito. <laughs> It's depressing, but it's also like, all right, well, hey, what are we even worried about then? Who needs them? Who needs, who needs our $10 million striker? <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to endorse Sheldon as the starter, but that there is something to it, right? They were very good in 2018. They're pretty good in 2021 with Sheldon in there a lot. So, Do we know if Cheesebro listens to the pod? Because I'll go all in on Kyrie just to give that poor guy a attack. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he does. <laughs> cheese bro. You wait, do you call him cheese bro too? Or is that, is that a reference to us calling him that in the past? I don't know that there's any other way to pronounce it. See, that's really. what I'm saying. Every time I read that name, I read it cheese bro in my head. I never say it out loud until we get on this podcast. But every time I read it, I, I, I see cheese bro. And what's it supposed to be? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. He explained it to okay. us at one point in a comment and apologies that I don't recall what the story was. Something like a nickname he got in college or high school or something, and he just keeps it going. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, the only thing else it could be would be Chaz, bro. And yeah, yeah that doesn't work. Chazibro? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one aspect of the Pulido injury I want to talk about is that, again, the continued theme of it of it being cryptic about this injury we, we never knew exactly what was going on we were never even sure if he was all the way injured if he was out or if he was training because no one could go to training and then you know now that this is all it, it's just still insane to me that even after all of this he, he announcing he's out for the season we just get knee injury knee surgery likely likely out for the season sorry yes yes thank you for the correction there thad bell so he could uh, be back in time to start training for the playoffs right three but years so, in a row it's just a knock guys it's just a knock <laughs> are we saying that predicting injuries for sporting is like predicting snow you know in missouri it could be eight inches it could be a you know dusting we don't know <laughs> i do love that vermis uses that word knock like like announcers do that's the thing and it's it's a tool for announcers and broadcasters to use to just quickly describe something that they don't know exactly what it is and just to intentionally be broad and it is not designed for coaches describing actual injuries of their players in press conferences that is not what that word is used for yeah it is now <laughs> i don't know it's still I, we always talk about 
I guess I'm the only one that gets gets antsy about this. It's just so crazy to me this aspect of MLS and the control over the narrative that the t- most teams have, and especially this team. What MLS administrator coaches or teaches that art of being vague course before the season starts for all the coaches? Who would that be? <laughs> Professor Vermees, I assume. <laughs> what was the description they gave for all those injuries that we had? Like that eight people out. What was the description they gave? Lower body injury or something like that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That, that's a yeah. USL tactic they used to always use where it was all lower body injury, <laughs> upper body yeah. injury. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Well, so Thad, tell me, you're, you're sitting there quietly. Tell me why Sporting KC or, or tell me why I'm wrong or if there is, is a difference in, in, the way, in the way teams control narratives and explain injuries and things like, and, and things like that compared to uh, European League. Well, I think it's actually very similar. I mean, I've seen European Leagues to be as vague as possible also or just outright say player injured and leave it at that. So a lot of it just really depends on the coach and how willing they are to do it. I guess that's true. And so I guess really the only difference that it, that it comes down to is there are just more ruthless journalists that get better connections and things just leak more often. So teams just have to be more out front, I guess is kind of where this. And, and we're just nice is. here. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, I did ask Peter, I said, you know, asked him if he could give more information about Plato's injury. And he just went into how it was, uh, had swelling and he thought he could live with it. And they had to, they did this and that. And, you know, it was, was it like hiding something or something went wrong or the staff didn't do something wrong, but that was about all the more detail he gave, but I don't, I don't think sporting's of, worse though. Yeah. He does a good job of like, answering part of what you asked and then kind of going somewhere else. And then they call on another media member who doesn't follow up because they have their own question loaded, ready to go. So they don't dig in on it versus like, I feel like if you're sitting in a press room and you could just kind of shout out and say it again or press them on it. Or if it was like, like the NFL where there's so many media members, like they hound them and they find out exact Mm -hmm. details versus, you know, there's only so many of us and it's like, I'm going to get my one question in. So, yeah. And and a lot of it is different since the pandemic. I mean, you know, I'm trying to defend sporting here in that regard. It's, I don't think they're any worse about it than anybody else. In fact, I think they're actually better about it than a lot of teams. There are teams that are going to be way more open and coaches that are way more open, but it's, it's the way it is right now. And when we can get back to being in person more often, it'll be easier. It's a lot easier to have those questions and follow up and stuff. Like you said, when you're in person, be it a scrum after a practice or a presser after a game. Yeah, so before we go any further, I do want to commend David for muting his mic while he was coughing. Very, very respectful of him to do that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but hey, isn't the worst thing about this, though, guys, this? All right, you go into the end of the season, you're like, okay, Sporting's one, two players away from being, you know, not just a competitive, a competitive team, but, you know, MLS Cup competitor. And then something like this happens, and you're like, oh, there we are back to where we were. I was feeling incredibly optimistic going into next year because it felt like, gosh, this team is so good Add a couple pieces and they're there. Yeah. And then now you're like, I think they'll still be competitive. I think they're always going to be competitive. And I think we're all kind of in that camp, it seems like to me, but it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Like I, <laughs> I wrote in my piece about it that I think hopefully they, cause you know, Shelton's going to be the guy, right? You're not going to find a guy unless they 
maybe they got somebody up their sleeve. He's got shadow teams all over the world, right? But if it could be like a U22 guy, that's the guy of the future. So we're ready for two years from now when Polito isn't here and we don't have our hopes up that he's going to be great every year. Maybe that's the guy. It might be a little more painful seeing him come into games and not be as good, but if it gets him ready to be great, I'm open to it at, at such a young age. Well, can I suggest a theory that Polito, when he's healthy, is the best player on the field, certainly for us, and in most games, the best player on either team. But is it possible that we just aren't as good with him? Just kind of, of how, like, the way he drifts in and out of the game, you know, right? He he drags players all over the field, and it's one of the things we commend Kyrie for. But in a lot of ways, he's also dragging himself out of the play, right? We haven't had more success with him than we had playing Kyrie. Jeez, bro, don't jump off the ledge. It's going to be fine. But the team is functionally the same. It's uglier, but it's fun the results are functionally the same. And so, you know, there's a lot of questions to answer about how we replace him who's going to get those eight goals, but he's been out so frequently, whether it's with national team duty or with injuries that I'm not sure it's replacing the production so much as replacing the concept of this multi-million dollar player. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I also think that the reason the team may not be better, may not have been better with him on the field is simply because you know, like you said, he, he does have a kind of a unique style of play for a striker or slightly different from what the team has been used to, the way he moves around and drags people out of position and things like that. So maybe it's just simply because he didn't ha- he, he, he didn't play with the team enough. You know, maybe after two full years of him doing that, maybe the rest of the team figured out how to play around Alan Polito or, you know, Vermees tweaked the system to be designed to play around Alan Polito. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think it all just comes down to that the guy just wasn't able to stay on the field. Which is, I think there's no arguing. He's fantastic when he's out there, right? The stats up until the last few games drug him down a little bit at the end of 2021. He was averaging like a goal and an assist per game or an assist per game, like a 0.99 or something with like a month or two to go in the season, even though he'd missed half of all possible games he could have played in, give or take. Yeah. And, but now, like you said, some of those were penalty kicks and my dad is one of the people, I don't know if there are other people, but my dad is one that like, just honestly is not sold on Polito has never been sold on him when he's on the field. He's, you know, it's, he's had his few good moments, but every time he's out there, it's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get excited. Our savior is out there and he's just like, ah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And well, well I mean, just, a big part really of that did. though, big part of that is he's been playing injured for what the last year, right. year and a half. So you really can't evaluate him accurately on that. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And I, we can wrap up this conversation on this, but he's been playing with an injury, right? Is that what this knee surgery is? Has it been the same nagging injury that, that he's been dealing with for two years now? And then they're just, they've, they're getting it fixed. Is that what this is? Peter said in the press conference yesterday that it was the injury picked up with the Mexican national team at the beginning of 2021. So not the one that right. messed up the end of 2020. This right. is, I mean, I don't know if that's a little shot at Tata Martinez or what's going on there, but um, it's, that's the one he, he claims it is. And he had told us in a previous presser that he saw the video of Polito getting hurt on yeah. some, some footage that was provided to him, I assume by the, the national team. 
think last year had something to do with the horse collar in Minnesota. Yeah. That probably aggravated it, right? Like when he got whatever his name is, Debossi took him down so violently. So can we get confirmation of one question um, before we go? Because this will help us go forward. If his do if we get a roster exception for him, does that give us extra money because of that roster exception? Just give us a roster spot, or what does it do exactly? So you get a roster spot. You get if they put him on season-ending injury list, of course, that's the caveat, right? Yeah. You get right. $250,000 towards your salary budget. Now he counts for 612.5 weird MLS numbers, a little over 600,000 against the cap. But then there's a lot of gray and maybe fad. You can chime in on this about, do they get to have another designated player? And I think technically they probably can, because if you could fit one into your budget, but then, Russell, Polito, and Kinda are all signed through the next two years. So you can't really add a DP unless it's a one-year DP, unless I'm wrong on that, Fad. You, you correct me. You don't get another DP slot. But he's can... not technically on the roster, right? Because I was even hearing that he doesn't count as an international this year because he's not technically on the roster. You're right about the international slot, but not the DP slot. From my understanding and from reading the rules and even what Vermees said in the pressers, you don't get another DP spot. So you could bring in a TAM player, but not a DP. Stumped him. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I was just, yeah, I'm accepting <laughs> that. I, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that you get another DP as much as like, he's not technically on your roster, so he's not technically a DP, right? But he still counts against your salary budget for everything minus that extra 250 you get. Maybe they don't have but the room he still, for it. He still counts as a DP. Hmm. You get okay. three DPs, which also screws us for buying one down for having multiple U22 initiative guys too. Right. So they could only have one at the most. David is our resident lawyer. And I feel like all of this should be coming from his <laughs> mouth while, while, you know, verb like banging on a desk and saying it in very lawyery speak is how I wish this was. All <laughs> can, I, can I add one more thing on this thing? Cause um I think what Vermees said in the press conference was something to the effect of, we have three DPs. So he was kind of shooting down. We're not going to add another DP. I think I asked him a question about, was the, the very good contract offer made to Robert Barrich going to make him a DP or was it lower? And he said, no, it wasn't going to make him a DP. We have three DPs. But I, I don't think that means they can't still buy somebody down. I just think they're choosing not to do that. Unless Russell got a raise. If you do the math on his old salary, he could be bought down. He's a, he's a, DPN name only. Tam. Yeah, but that's that's different than getting relief because of Polito. So agreed, agreed. Things. But I'm just saying it doesn't mean they couldn't add another DPN. If Russell's a DPN name only, they can get three U22 players. I guess we'll know if they sign two U22 players, we'll know Russell can be bought down. Yeah, I just doubt that they do that. So even those even those ones that we've seen as rumors, the the center back and the left back, I believe. Those guys are probably TAM guys anyway. Um, they didn't seem – I mean, maybe I'm Depends wrong, on maybe the, one of them. Depends on the transfer fee, right? Like right. how much the transfer fee plus their salary. That's – we just – and we won't know the salaries until May or June or whatever, and we'll yeah. never know the transfer fees, so uh, besides rumors. Yeah, we'll have to I'll be able to find out eventually. It's just the – they won't be right up front, so – Okay. David, are you going to lawyerly explain this to us? 
<laughs> Look, guys, first of all, I was not a great student. Secondly, I don't know how if I could go to more school to understand the MLS rules better. I think I would have to be like Don Garber or his son or something. <laughs> mechanisms, all these rules. Like, I don't know. None of this makes sense. Here's here's what concerns me is that we seem to have a lot of roster inflexibility and the roster is not very filled out. And, you know, let's say we have three DPs. We don't have a lot of mechanisms to bring in more, you know, dynamic players to really help, you know, fill in the roster. And we need two left backs. We need at least one more right back. We need help at center back. You know, uh, we need help up top. We need at least one attacking player up top, if not two. Um, and so I'm curious where we're going to get those players from. And, you know, Pulido being out more than anything else creates so much inflexibility. We can't move him on his contract. We're certainly not going to sell Gotti. We're certainly not going to sell Johnny. So I don't know how we free up any slots to get the U22 guys. And, I, you know, it's January. The preseason starts in, what, a month? Right. No, it starts 17th. Yeah, next week. <laughs> oh, sorry. It starts next week. So uh, it's a little troubling that we don't have anybody. Well, speaking of Gadi Kinda and creative players and needing to fill holes that are missing, Gadi Kinda is one of those players that will miss the preseason that is starting next week and potentially the beginning of the regular season. So, Gadi, also knee surgery. Is this one more specific or is he just the the objective knee surgery clean up so, i don't even remember the, if they said exactly what the injury was on that one he just said a clean up in his knee yeah it's so, even goofier okay. it's it, it's a clean up i guess that's i guess that's the technical term for it yeah that i mean that's a again a fairly common thing for yeah. knees is you know arthroscopically cleaning it up you know trimming up meniscus meniscus the meniscus uh, and other stuff. So it, that's, that's, that, that is pretty common. It's just sad that it's being now instead of. That was a good save there, Thad. You almost, I thought you were about to lose that word entirely out of your mouth, but you recovered nicely. Well done. Yeah, it's just one of those words that's tough for me. <laughs> so okay, you were trying to like pluralize it there, which was what was getting you. Menisci, maybe. I don't know. Meniscus. David, you were talking about they need help up top. Who does Gadi Kinda's absence here at the beginning of the season, who does that give an opportunity to step up, at, at least as we stand now, before these potential signings that we're, that we're going to discuss more here soon? My hope is that we play Christian Duke, is that this gives Duke an opportunity to break into the team. Cam I prefer Cam Duke personally. Yeah, Sorry, right. Cam, Cam Duke. Duke. Apologies. <laughs> you guys, I was going to let him. I just wanted to see how long he would go on it, and then we could have burned him with it later. You should have just let Did him run. Does that get me in the fine jar? It's not <laughs> like, yes, if you have to ask, yes. <laughs> That's a stone, stone wall, stone wall fine there. <laughs> Sorry, Cam Duke, uh, I think is the most like-for-like replacement. So I think best case scenario, we let him play. My my nightmare scenario is that we put Jose Mauri at dueling eight with uh Remy Voltaire, and we put Rossell uh at the six. And then we basically just have three not super fast sixes playing the midfield. I so agree with you, Dave. 100%. That is a Sounds slow like a midfield. <laughs> no creativity whatsoever. 
Uh, Remy has Remy. some creativity. French touch, right? And yeah. we're not. And I don't know that we saw enough of Maori to really know if he has a lot of creativity because most we saw him was at the 60 spot. So I'll give a yeah. little benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Yuri's not really super creative. He can make, he can lay those passes out from a distance, kind of like Ilya, but. Um, yeah. That, yeah, do you think that pretty that position? Midfield. Sorry. Do you think that position will be uh, one of the pending new player signings? The sixth spot? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, the attacking mid, I guess, quote unquote, for this system. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I think the the priorities are left back, center back, center forward. After that, there's that's then the priorities are elsewhere. But it's not it's not like Peter's going to go. Okay, I can only sign a left back and then a center back and then a center forward, right? He's going to find people who fit the the team mentality right the the model of how they would play and all that type of stuff which is understandable so it you know if he finds a if he finds a guy that's a 10 a 10 slash 8 that sporting kind of plays with he'll sign them it's just you know if they fit in the budget well and then there's the other aspect of, of that list that you ran through the one that you didn't mention is just if the timing works out now like if if they've become available now Right, because Vermees always talks about how you know they've been in communication with this player for two seasons and it just hasn't worked out, or the windows haven't worked out properly, and then you know it just it, it just works out at a at a weird time, and we get three attacking midfielders at once. And then a, another player we haven't mentioned yet for the midfield is Felipe Hernandez. Um, before his issues last year, he was actually coming on pretty strong. He'd scored a goal or two had a couple assists uh i don't remember the exact details i'm sure somebody will correct me but i mean he was when he was in he was starting to look like he deserved to play a fair amount and then he was gone so i don't know how fast he could come back i don't know how you know how well he stayed in shape or what his touch is like but uh he's one that could fill in some of that role if he's even close to being what he was the last time we saw him so speaking of acquisitions, according to Chad's story, I's need to be dotted, T's crossed. These players are assigned, at least a couple of them. What are the odds that these are the guys that we've heard the rumors about? I think there's probably some fire there when it comes to, I'm sure I'm saying the wrong the name wrong, Robert Beloder. There's been multiple stories about him. Yeah. So that feels promising, but that's a, the third center back on the roster probably, right? If this guy gets signed. So uh I wouldn't be surprised if Thad was saying left back if Ben Sweat's the guy and they're just going to sign another guy to be his backup or the future or or whatever. I don't know if you want to trust a guy coming off a ACL that hasn't played in a year as your guy, but uh, he, he could be the guy. I don't know. And you just bring up like Isaiah LaFleur as, on a homegrown deal or something like that to to fill in the space, but you got to have somebody you, you trust to put in the game too because you can't expect Ben Sweat to play 34 games. And maybe the guys we drafted yesterday are the planet center back. And we're going to focus on spending money up front. <laughs> you never know. I could, don't take anybody that was drafted as a plan to, hey, to do something. It's, it's a possibility that <laughs> if, if they, if, if one of them works out, I think it was a sex successful draft. So yeah, exactly. But you can't count on those guys being that yet. Not in any way, shape or form. Not like the old days. You could say, Oh, we drafted a center back who could be our third center back. <laughs> Nowadays you draft a center back. It's 
Yeah, if maybe. he's the fifth center back. I'd I surprised. totally agree with that, but the way things are going, man, that could be the plan. <laughs> and then in addition to all of these guys that have to be signed or that we would think should be signed for sporting, there's at least another 13 guys or 11 guys that have to be signed for SKC too. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, we don't even know the rules of MLS Next Pro to know how do you build those rosters. Can you just play a ton of first-team guys down with the second team? Obviously, with injuries, that never the math doesn't really work out I, there, right? But they, they need a lot of players. I'm sure there'll be a lot of academy guys on contracts yeah. just you know loaned I've, up on amateur deals or whatever. I've I've seen people say that you have to have a minimum of 13 players signed to an MLS Next team that's straight signed to them. Uh, and then there still may be a limit for the number of academy guys who can play in a game, which drove me crazy if that's the truth. Uh, that was a uh, uh, interview I heard on Sirius with somebody. Uh, so I don't know if, again, if that's true, but. Why leave USL if you can't play your academy guys in MLS Next Pro? If it's still limited to five, like maybe if it's limited to seven or something, you know, I don't know. Right. So, well, <laughs> couple of reasons one because when you go to division three you don't have to worry about having a big stadium you swope now works and two if i understand correctly uh the usl teams that were in existence were complaining that mls2 teams didn't pay uh the expansion fees and they're up to like 10 million dollars now so they were asking if i heard correctly they were asking MLS two teams to at least pony up 5 million. So that would have been 5 million out of your pocket for a team that you don't want to play. You don't care about playing at that level anyway. So again, that's stories I've seen in different places. Now, if that's, that may have played a lot of role into it too. You like if uh, St. Louis came in and wanted a, you know, a team in USL, they would have had to pay $10 million just to field a uh, reserve team. MLS kind of wild. I always feel like a little bitter towards the USL that the MLS two teams kind of saved the league and now everybody just wants them out. They're like, yep. uh, let's not forget Swole Park Rangers were in back-to-back championship games. The Red Bulls won a title. Real Monarchs won a couple of years ago. Like, it's not like they've all been hot garbage the whole time. There's plenty of terrible USL championship teams as well, you know? Yeah. OKC, Loudon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So no, I, I'm, I'm right draft? with you, Chad. Was that enough super draft stuff? Should we at least mention who got drafted? Oh, I thought I. Oh, I thought you were. Oh, I thought I, I thought you did say that earlier. Yes, that. I just said it was. I said a couple center backs got for... drafted. Isai Easley and Brett Saint Martin. Isai Easley played for Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Uh, Chad's old home, and then fist pumping. Brett Saint Martin from Maryland. Uh, and uh, so he played for Maryland, Graham Zussi's alma mater. And I want to throw a hat tip to St. Louis University, the Billikens, who had four first round picks in the first 16 and then two more in the later rounds. So six players drafted from SLU. But what's so funny about that, Thad, in my mind is St. Louis City, the MLS team coming in 2023, has got to be sitting back saying, damn, we couldn't get our hands on those guys. <laughs> Isai oh, well. Easley. That, oh, did well. you practice that before you started this, Isai Easley? No. <laughs> you guys know I love a good name. And the, if that's what we're going by, Isai is, is destined to be a star. And I love the fact he's from Hawaii, too. 
So I'm I'm already advocating for a preseason friendly in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm not that I will be in Hawaii during the preseason. Look at this fancy crypto guy over here going to Hawaii, <laughs> Estonia. <laughs> Jet setting lifestyle. <laughs> no, I'm going with my dad. It'll be fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What are you gonna do in Hawaii, man? Uh, we're gonna learn to surf. We got some get sunburnt, some treacherous. I will get sunburnt as as the ginger here. I will definitely get sunburnt, no matter how much sunscreen I put on. Um, got some hikes planned, and I actually want to look into. I want to uh, want to find a place to skydive too. Now are we talking Maui, Big Island. What are we talking? I'm doing uh, Maui and Oahu. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Now that I've derailed the podcast, the dreams of Hawaii. <laughs> this is a Hawaii pod now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Graham Zussi was just mentioned. We, we, need to, we need to talk Graham Zussi. The... Soren Petro uh, tweeted today that, as expected, you guys, did you guys see that? He, tweet, he started that with as expected, that little inside joke of ours. I'm not sure anyone else, anyone else is familiar with that, but I thought that was funny, as expected. Uh, Graham Zussi is, they're, they're nearing a deal with Graham Zussi to, to bring him back for another year. So, how is anyone opposed to this? Does anyone want to be brave enough to take this stance? To oppose San Zussi on this podcast. I think there's only one person here that might might take that one up. Mr. Greenwald? <laughs> no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He had a good year. Great dollar amount. If he doesn't cost us too much against the cap for another year, maybe even another year with an option for a second, I'm fine with it. You know, Zussi has value in the locker room. And he has value to the club as like an ambassador. Um you know, for his charitable work and all that and merchandise sales and, and whatever. If he is willing to take a pay cut and come back, you know, on a one plus one, I think it's a good deal for us. I have zero problems with that. He played well last year, man. He he earned he earned what he made last year, I believe. I mean, yeah, he's he could be cheaper, but he played well last year. He deserved yeah. a new contract for that goal in the playoffs, that one goal. Well, and, that, and, and the 10 long switches against Vancouver, just ripping them apart in the first round gave mm-hmm. us a playoff win. And, and that my point, it, it's more so like just the value of the position, right? Zussi yeah. makes so much more than the other right backs in the league. And I'm not, and while he might be better, I'm not sure 
he's, he's so that much better. He justifies the difference in cost. Yeah. And when our roster needs as much flexibility as possible, especially since our multi-million dollar strikers out, you know, I'd really like to see him under five under five hundred, rather than what was he making eight hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred. Yeah, in seven hundred and change. Yeah. So just for that debate purpose, now the roster flexibility, I don't think dollars is actually the biggest issue at this point because they have uh, Gam from Busio sale. They have released uh, Ilya who was making a million. Um, if if graham and roger come back on a little bit lower contracts that's again extra additional money saved um you know your your roster inflexibility is just that you have the three dps at this point and a limited amount of international slots i think that's where your biggest roster flexibility is and i do believe that that is also why uh peter saw foresaw the issue with Polito, foresaw the issue with uh you know the pandemic blooming again and all this other stuff. And he went heavily in on getting guys from other teams this year with Yuri and Ben and then keeping Kendall around also. So he, he basically tried to pull in guys and then also with the attempt to get Barrage. So I think that was all part of, he knew and he was trying to manipulate and get as much guys from within the league at that time. Can I drop one more Twitter bomb because I think we're all on agreement. Graham Zussi should be back one and one, maybe a little less money. Drop your uh, Twitter bomb. Andrew Weeby, I'm sure you guys saw this today, said, quote, I'd watch Josh Sargent on loan at Sporting Kansas City. Oh, interesting. Thoughts? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think it. that that's interesting. I think that literally is the opposite of interesting, that the statement. <laughs> it was the most boring statement ever. Now, the idea <laughs> of Josh Sargent at Sporting Kansas City is different. That is interesting. But the so you're fact saying Weeby is really boring? Is that what you're saying? The fact that Weeby is saying he wouldn't turn off the TV if that if, if Sporting KC signed this player is not interesting. <laughs> he's no, got I, he has to tweet a lot. There's a lot of tweets. You don't have time to put a, as many sentences in there. You know, he's not using all 240 characters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing. Well, I'm all for bringing a, bringing a ginger in town. So, <laughs> of course you are <laughs> how old is sergeant now probably like 21 22 he's still no. pretty young is, no. he's not that young he everyone thinks he's young he's not that young yeah, he's not he's how about he's 27 he's what? 22 no. 20 he's 21 oh look at this his birthday is yeah. my birthday february, february 20 22 so uh, in your face i was exactly yeah. right i think you, everybody who said i was wrong pays a fine i agree i was agreeing with you there chad <laughs> why isn't he progressing because he's 21 and 22 and been with wrong teams, man. It was stupid to go to freaking Norwich. Yeah, Nor- Norwich is real bad. And Werder Bremen was also not very good. No. It's like Pepe and- going to Augsburg or however you pronounce their name. Like, you're going to be on a terrible team. I don't – is that good for you? I'm not sure. I think Augsburg is actually a better option for Pepe than, than – well, I, I'm sure it's a better option than Norwich for Sargent, but – they're in a relegation battle. That said, Luzio's in a relegation battle. Well, I mean, he's not really. He, they've been doing great, but he could theoretically yeah. be in a relegation. They've been doing great. Well, great for they're not uh, in the newly zone, promoted Serie A team, right? Yeah, they're above the red line right now, aren't they? They were last I looked, but they were also they're not that far up. So, um, I but also why would why would Norwich 
loan him out to us and how much would it cost us? You know, as bad as Norwich is, the Premier League pays, I mean, some real salaries. So even though he's a reserve player on a bad Premier League team, how much does that cost us on loan? And does that make him a DP? Because he's probably going to be close. I would assume it'll be like a Winston Reed situation where they have to eat quite a bit of the salary for us to do that. Yeah. And uh, maybe they think it'll be good for his headspace being close to home. St. Louis kid. And he hasn't even been playing lately, if I understand correctly. I don't follow him real close, but if I was Peter, I'd be on the phone to to them and to Hoppy and to Giochini, uh, to all their teams and their agents saying, hey, we could play that shit out of you right now. Yeah, and they need that before the World Cup to get seen, informed. Yeah. Well, I could get down with some Joe Keeney in a Sporting KC jersey. Yeah, so any of those guys, man, could use a little uh, boost and and stability. And the I'm gonna I'm gonna flip back it again for a second because I apologize, but that the roster flexibility. One thing with bringing in the DP that we talked about earlier that they could not do. If you get to the summer window, you could potentially bring in a DP in name only because you only happen to pay half the salary and it wouldn't be a DP salary and that it could carry over to the next year when you could potentially buy somebody off. That would be an option that I think could, could work, but it wouldn't happen until the summer window. Good thoughts, Ed. Yeah. Presuming they buy someone out or sell somebody between Polito, Russell and Kendo, right? Yeah. They'd have to do something for the next year, but again, with uh, salaries and hopefully salary cap going up each year, the, the, the cost of a DP, becomes more manageable to buy down because of the, the way. Yeah. So I don't want to go into like ton of details cause I would screw it up. And have oh to yeah. Cause you guys haven't job. been going into details so far at all. Have you? No, not at all. I mean, we're just skimming <laughs> the surface. Have you read all the right. roster rules? Really? Really? This is like high level, man. Okay. Is, okay. Well, would you like us to get into the weeds? Come on. I'm going to stop Chad and Thad before they keep nerding out on all this, because I, there's one last thing that I want to talk about. That's fun. <laughs> Before go, we oh, move oh. off of this, can we go to Sergeant real quick for a second? Yeah, Sergeant Chad, Chad, Giacchini, whoever get, it is. You get two more how, minutes of nerding out on him. Oh, I, I only want 15 seconds. <laughs> how mad are you going to be if they get one of those guys and then Kyrie Shelton starting above him every week? <laughs> okay. Kyrie's a hard man to replace. It. He would deserve it. Yeah, exactly. If he's starting above him, he would deserve it. <laughs> Vermees will play the best man. Yep. Named Kyrie Shelton. <laughs> okay moving on benny fellhaber is back in a more official way in a bigger title i guess this time and more front-facing it's way. not like he was gone i know he'll be the he'll be the most quotable coach in, in the league i know but i just i want just for cody's sake of like five years ago i want him to know that the benny fellhaber is is Paulo Nagamura's successor as the head coach of SKC2. That is just such a fun sentence and it makes me happy. <laughs> I'm happy so, too. I will tell you one thing that I think will be good about this. I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm all for Benny. He's one of my favorites ever. My wife came running into my office today to tell me this while I'm working. She, why didn't you tell me this? And she goes, I may have to pay attention to Sporting Kansas City too. And I was like, there you go. You, you just brought some people in. There we go. Now we know why they did it. <laughs> now we know that's a it's all a publicity stunt no so does this mean that so he was he was coaching in the academy last year 
Does this mean he's impressed in that role or was this a predetermined thing and he was given that role last year to prepare him for this when Nagamura left? I don't think it means any of the above. Okay. Thank you. I don't think it was predetermined because you did not necessarily know Naga was going to leave at that point. Benny mentioned today that uh, I can't think of his name, but the assistant under Naga would have been in line for it, but he opted to go somewhere else. Chris Martinez, maybe? Yeah, um, something like that, but yes. So I think he was an option to to do that. And when he left, that just opened it up for Benny to take it. So I think Benny would probably would have been satisfied with staying the U-17 coach for you know longer in order to gain experience. But with that option, with it opening up, he was a logical candidate. Remind me, guys, oh, go ahead, what was Fail Hubbard's initial role? Because it wasn't really what it is now No, when he joined the team. He was essentially, a, a, uh, when he first came back to sporting as a coach, he was an assistant for the first team. Yeah, yeah he was on the technical staff. Technical yeah. staff, yeah. And, and then, then, but he was also the, the academy, the U-17 academy head coach, right? That was later. That was later, yeah. Yeah. So initially it was just on this staff. Then he became a U-17 coach, still on the staff essentially. Um, and then now the SKC2 coach. He talked about it on, I want to say the Sporting Kansas City show or something. I don't know if I'm allowed to plug other podcasts on our podcast, but uh, he uh, he was saying how he spent like two months with the first team and then he was like involved in everything. Then he was spending a lot of time with the academy. Then he was no longer sitting on the sidelines. He was up in like the, not the press box, but like a box during the game, coach's box, whatever it is up there. So he's kind of moved around to try to, I think, just learn a lot of things because, you know, he you had what, like half a season of UCLA under his belt before coming over here, or maybe a whole year. We can mention other podcasts. It's the the rule apparently is that other podcasts can't talk about us. That's true. I've never <laughs> heard of the rule. You know why, Cody? Because you never say the name of our podcast. So good job getting that in to start this one. I, it's a good trend. Can I say something about the SKC two job? I think uh, maybe this is not a popular opinion, but I think that's maybe not the most attractive job in the world. Like. Naga didn't speak. I think he got a lot from it, but I think he there. It's so restrictive, right? You have to do the four-three-three. You have to play the players that the first team wants you to play. Guys going well, down on loan, stuff like that. There, there's a a lack of freedom. But then also a guy like Naga, a guy like Phil Haber, who's never had any head coaching experience. Either of them get to jump straight into being a head coach, and Naga's now turned that into forever orange, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, that that's no an chance. unpopular opinion. I think. No. I think that's well known. Like Dos Santos apparently was not aware of it when he took the role, but, but yeah, I mean that, that that's the obvious part of this job is that it is an unattractive job for a head coach who wants to prove himself because it you know it's so hard to do so. You're you're literally there to be a tool for the first team, and it's not about results or anything like that. So. You know, I think it's it's almost at this point, it would almost be so well known that like that's how that's how Nagamura got that job was that, you know, uh, he, the expectation for results for what he was doing wasn't necessarily the, the bottom line for success. Well, I think that's going to change, though, right, because we're not in USL anymore. And so now that we're going to be in. I'm not going to call it the, the new name is stupid. I and hate, I hate, bro, oh my God. I listened to Chad say it earlier twice and I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> it's probably just my face. I have a punchable face. It's, it's terrible. But the thing is, all of them are developmental teams, right? 
every single team in the league is an MLS. No. Nope. Well, Rochester. Rochester, right. Plus Jamie Vardy, the fighting Jamie Vardy's. And, the you know. Rochester rejects. It's, it's <laughs> developmental, right? So now, instead of competing against teams like Indy 11, who are actually out there to win something, it's a developmental job. Um, no, but they added pro at the end of the name, you see, because that means it's professional. <laughs> you see, that's why they did it. But they're going to have a lot of amateur players on their roster still. Here's, here's what no makes different than when they were this, a two-team. Yeah. Is that, you know, I, I listened to uh, the podcast formerly known as BSI. Benny had a good mind for, for the game. He has a very interesting view of how the game should be played and how a guy who seemed to play so much on instinct and just being creative in a way that you can't necessarily teach or replicate. He does seem to really understand and, and like the academic side of the game. He seems to really like the tactical chess match between managers. And that's not to suggest that Naga didn't, um, but I think Benny's going to really thrive in this role. That would please me. I think he will still be, as Chad talked he'll be very restricted in what he's allowed to do, which players and all that. But I think where the difference comes in is he'll be able to communicate in game like this. You can do better at this and you can do better at that. This is how you can break them down. And because I love Naga as a player, but he was not a Benny in that regard. Naga was a play hard, you know, I'll kill you if you, if I need to, you know, play with blood on your face kind of guy. Right. Benny was the creative, cheeky, do whatever it takes, and the other side of that same coin. So, well, and David, what you were saying, that's interesting you, you say that because I've always thought players like that, that are just, you know, God given, if you will, they just have this innate ability and just innate creativity that they, yeah, they're just born with this and just better at this than other people. That kind of player. I don't think translate you wouldn't think would translate into being a good coach because you know they didn't they, they had to learn less they had to try they didn't have to try as hard it just more of this came innate to them and it you know it's like why don't you understand this well you like how they it'd be more difficult for that kind of a player to put it into words and explain how to do these things but um but yeah I, I see your point but like at the same time I I hate this like they're a natural this they're a natural that like they work so obsessively hard usually to get good at these things. Could you be, you get a head start because of genetics and things, sure, but like they're putting in some effort to become the person they are and to fight through and grind through. Right. And it's, you know, yes, he yes. was on the US men's national team at a pretty young age, right? And he's like kind of goes to Europe and all these things. And he's got that like that level of some of these young kids that we're sending over there now. But I, I hate the, they're a natural. It's like, Buzio knowing at like 12 years old he wants to be a professional soccer player I'm 38 I still don't know what the hell I want to do with my life like I'm, I'm figuring it out maybe tomorrow I'll figure it out Magic Johnson soccer player Magic Johnson great coach or great player terrible coach yeah I mean okay, the other okay, part of one example other part of Phil Haber is you know he's always had that sarcastic clever sense of humor and, and that's it's hard to be tough it takes smarts to be you know funny like he is and he's ultra competitive so I think he will have a little bit of trouble maybe translating those thoughts that he has in his head to his players. And that will be his biggest challenge. But I think he's brilliant overall. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> the real key is if we're going to have a good fitness coach, because Benny notoriously doesn't like running. 
So I can't imagine he's going to force his players to run. Again, he ain't got a choice in that. <laughs> yeah, someone else will be there telling them to run for sure, right? <laughs> I'm running out of names. I'm sorry. You came up with two, Cody. Congratulations. You've proven your point. I, I, Frank I don't Lampard. disagree with your general Frank Lampard, premise. Got a soccer I, just one. <laughs> I just hate the natural, the natural line. No, I mean, I, I think Cody's got a point, but I just don't think it's a rule. So, I mean, there's definitely people who come by it the 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 wonderkind kind of thing who they can do anything uh, i just don't think they translate into great coaches but i don't think benny's quite in that same category diego maradona boom mic drop that's it i win <laughs> i win it with that one right he could have been a great coach if it wasn't for the cocaine <laughs> esky cocaine how is steven gerard doing at the helm right now Aha, boom. Look at this. Now we're on a roll here. <laughs> now we're rolling for sure. Roy Keane, got another soccer player. Aren't Chelsea reading... doing like fantastic? I'm drawing a blank on who their coach is, though. Am I reading from a list that I found online? Yes, I am. Ted Lasso, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Wait, what? Ted Lasso? You don't have to be a great player to be a great coach, right? <laughs> I guess that's Didn't I they get that's... relegated? Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, season we, one. Yeah. That's a fine. I think if you say a spoiler, if you say spoiler after you're giving the spoiler, that's another fine. So David's up to two on this. You're starting out. You're not, not starting off the year well. All right. No, the, the first one was a double because he had to ask. So that's he's up to three. <laughs> All right. Spoiler. Where are we going to be at next week, guys? Let's spoil it for everybody. We've already done this. That recorded our first ad for it, remember? Yeah, okay. but we, we need to do it again, man. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Have you been practicing your ad no. delivery? No, but why would I practice that? Why do I practice? It's going to be a big anything? year for us, Thad. We're going to have advertisers. You're, we need someone to be a good <laughs> ad read. I will read this again, although it's now outdated because the it's no longer the the discount well don't don't read the whole thing again just tell tell the people what, what's next week tell the people <laughs> we are excited to be part of podcast row at the 2022 united soccer coaches convention in kansas city this january convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game rekindle your passion through presentations on-field demonstrations exhibits and events for coaches at every level whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff there's no better place to learn network and experience all aspects of the game register for the convention now it is next week in kansas city bartle hall we will be there on podcast row there will be tons of things to do. There's a Kansas City Comets event or game at the T-Mobile Center on January 22nd. They will be playing the Tacoma Stars. It will be... This is genuine excitement from Thad Bell. <laughs> more, more so than he does normally on the podcast. He's excited about the coaches' convention. We all are. Well. It's going to be fun. And hey, no, we're going to get some it, crazy interviews with some crazy people. We're going to have some crazy fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been going down the list. I've been trying to find <laughs> some that... I think would uh, that we might be able to get. Uh, there's some big names that is on the list, but I don't know if we'll be able to get them. But I, I'm working on at least a couple people. But I need to figure out when we're going to be there and all that. So even if we don't have a scheduled one, man, I'm just going to grab people randomly walking by. Hey, you look like a coach. Where do you coach at? Come here. <laughs> I think I want to bring a soccer ball and just see what coach 
can juggle the longest, but coaches only. We don't want to just guests showing up and doing this. <laughs> we should try to make sure they don't have like soccer type shoes on too, because it makes it harder. And then if they go too long, we start throwing things at them or asking them annoying soccer media questions. Throw paper airplanes. <laughs> the chips and salsa. Oh yeah, okay. I forgot about the chips and salsa. Bad. How about you leave us with something prophetic for the first pod of 2022? I know everybody is worried about sporting Kansas City right now, but there will be games. We will be passionate about those games. We will have joy. We will have sadness, but that's like every frigging year. So it's about the journey. It's not about who starts the dams this season. All right, good man. Has just been sent off. Some putters strong and all come soft, but fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking. Give me real whiskey, winter gin, anything to shake this food I'm in. My fun fun things got me drinking. My fun fun things got me drinking my fun fun things got me drinking